<laughs> oh my goodness. All right. Y'all y'all ready? Everybody prepared, yeah, ready to go. You got your water. Everything I tasting all right. You gonna ask us some Man, we couldn't get no pre questions. Oh no, is... because this is no, because I said in the last episode, because I let everybody know what was going on and why y'all weren't there. And I was explaining the issue. You know, you texted me and I knew, you know, it probably wasn't gonna work out in my favor. So I let it slide. And then I thought it was funny because you try and say, oh, do you want to do you want to send me some pre-questions? Because you try to make up for the fact that you couldn't be on. <laughs> like, let us prepare. No. Okay, we're ready, though. Yeah. All right. Well, welcome back to Just Different Podcast. We're JD. joined by our parents, our mom and dad. What? <laughs> you already <laughs> Um, you know, April and Gary Starks to mm-hmm, many, mm-hmm. my mother and father to us. We had an amazing time the last time they were on. A lot of people really enjoyed the episode, so it only felt fitting we run it back. We had y'all on six months ago for the hundredth episode. Wow. That was it, I know. It it like it's that long. Exactly. Wow. So going into the new year, ended it off, only felt right. So they actually made it this time. I was afraid because it was getting close to seven. I didn't even see y'all in the house. Like, Me neither. It was gone all day. I was like, <laughs> I, was like what? I thought he was recording. <laughs> so I knew it was going to happen. But um, yeah, I'm excited. So it's interesting. I think a lot of people who are older can probably relate. And we talk about it all the time. But, you know, as you get older, your relationship with your parent kind of evolves. And I don't know, like there's everybody kind of has that switch, I feel like. Mm. Whenever you come into adulthood, it was almost... As if we became, not necessarily friends, because there's still like a lot of reverence and respect that y'all are my parents, but we just got a lot closer. It felt like an adult talking to an adult mm-hmm. more than anything. And I find myself like still learning a lot about you all now. So we were, <laughs> so my sister's birthday was this past Wednesday. We were going out to a steakhouse and we're in the car. My mom's getting kind of irritated with my dad because he goes in the wrong direction, right? And for whatever reason, I am thinking about like in the I was like, I forgot not to y'all old, but y'all are older. And I was like, man, I was thinking about in the movies, you know how they're going on a road trip and they got like the whole map. And it just like dawned on me like, man, did y'all ever something like y'all probably grew up without phones and whatnot. So I asked y'all and what y'all say? Did y'all actually have to use physical maps whenever you were yeah. like driving or whatnot? Where'd y'all go? What'd you say it was? Well, when we went to New York, a friend and I we had to go through a, like a map. Yeah, to, AAA. To get there. Oh, AAA. you stopped at AAA. That's AAA, and they probably still uh, do provide this service to where yeah. I mean, you tell them where you're going, and they map it out for you. Oh, but okay. now you have technology. You have the you know the yeah. the phones and everything Google like that. Right. But back then you had the physical map, <laughs> and you would go, and they would come in like a little package that were about this big. Yeah, and you open it up. Yeah, and they would have everything. What interstate to take? They would have basically your route highlighted for you. Oh, snap. How much that service cost? I forgot how much it was because back <laughs> then our parents it. paid for it. So, oh, okay. yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Or it came with a triple no, membership. This, this was oh, funny. Okay. Then I started thinking about um, music because I've been having a lot of conversation about like music and how people used to have to buy records. And what y'all, what was it? What was it called that y'all had to get? The cassette. Yeah, the cassette tape. The cassette tape. Oh, yeah. The cassette tape. Yeah. No, what did Daddy say so he had to do? Car, he, to, uh, he would bootleg the song off yeah. the radio. <laughs> yeah, you. <laughs> yeah, when, I, I used to record the, the songs off the radio. So whenever I want a song came out that, that I wanted to have, yeah, I would wait for it to come on the radio, and then I'd hit the record while, it's, while the yeah. radio is going in, in my cassette, and that's how I, I developed my playlist. Yeah, like yeah. you know the new edition. Yeah, you know Candy Girl and all that. 
No, yeah. it makes sense. That's crazy yeah, yeah. to think about. Back in the day. Mm-hmm. I can't fathom that process. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we were yeah. sharing with you all, too, how, uh, which I'm pretty excited about this, our wedding video was a VHS. Right. So we don't have those. Well, I haven't seen a VHS, right. VHS player in a long time. Right, exactly. So I just got to convert it over um, to you, a USB drive. Yeah. Um, and so we're going to watch that pretty soon. Exciting. So I want y'all to see it. Yeah, it's been like 20 years in the making. Yeah. 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 That's what life looked like before y'all came. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How, how, long was it? how long is the video? Do you know? Oh, it's about the oh, hour. And a half. Oh, so okay. Because yeah. it's the reception also. Yeah, it's uh, like a little oh, movie. Because yeah, it's the whole wedding ceremony, and I, then it's the reception. Okay, I didn't know yeah. if it was like a little montage, like people doing the hoop mixtapes, and they do like highlights. I didn't, <laughs> yeah. I didn't know if it was a whole tape. thing. I didn't know what it was. Yeah. We go, okay, we have a little movie to watch. Okay, yeah. I'm excited. You, you all see how it was done back in the yeah, day. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's important. All right, so the first question. We had y'all send in a few more questions. I put up an IG poll. And y'all sent in some pretty good ones for our parents. And so the first one was here. Let's see where we. Oh, we really want to start at. No, I remember uh, yesterday or whenever we were at dinner, you talked about. I don't know. We were talking about if we fought a lot when we were younger. Yeah. And we didn't. I don't think. If so, it was kept hidden. That's what you said. Yeah. But you mm-hmm. said that it was important that you voice that, you know, you don't fight with your siblings. Yeah. And so with everything y'all are talking about, why was it so important for y'all to make the sacrifice to like, you know, maybe let's say press pause on some plans you all had to like raise us? Like, why is that so significant from a personal each of y'all? And then also just how you all see family in general? Because, I mean, I think, you know, the older I get and we always talk about what's happening in the world and what the issue is but a lot of it can like kind of trace back to just what happens in the home mm-hmm. and maybe it's something i mentioned previously but you know one thing i can say is i've, I've never had to heal from my childhood mm-hmm. and that's a privilege that you know i wish everyone was afforded and so why is that so significant like why was that switch for y'all you know like yo no this is why we're going to be intentional about it Mm-hmm. I think for me, because I was, you know, raised basically my mom was 16 when she had me mm-hmm. and seeing her, you know, struggle a lot. I wanted to make sure that I did some things differently to make sure that my kids had certain things, mm-hmm. um, especially with the blessing of both of us being in the household and yes. being together mm-hmm. because my mom didn't have that at first. Of course, then she got married and my, my bonus dad was great and had him pretty much, mm-hmm. I don't know, from like seven years old to. 18 but those first seven years i saw her struggle i saw where she couldn't be home with me but wanted to um me having to go to certain people's house and experiencing things so i've shared this with you all. i'll try to be very transparent that there are certain things that my mom didn't know that i saw heard and was exposed to at places that she had to leave me at because mm-hmm. she was a single mom. Right. So that fueled me to say, no, not on my watch. My kids are not, I'm not going to intentionally, mm-hmm. even though I know it wasn't intentional. She didn't know that those things were probably happening at those places, but she didn't have nowhere else to send me. Right. And these were people she trusted. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um. So I just knew from my experience, like, nope, I'm keeping my own kids. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. Right. So I think it was birth to answer your question was birth from experience. Yes. So then you want to put protection and barriers around your children to make sure that they don't experience the same thing. 
Um, that was important to me. And then I can honestly say I wasn't perfect because I was like ticked off because I was like, Lord, it wasn't supposed to happen like this, you know, Mm -hmm. because it came so fast. You know, in my head, I thought, boom, we're going to have about three years to plan. We're going to build our bag. We're going to have all this together. You know, we're going to have a a college fund, you know, just how you just plan it. And because, you know, you all came so fast, I was like, this wasn't the plan, Lord. Well, it was probably his plan. It just wasn't my plan. Mm -hmm. And so I had to adjust. And then I remember something my pastor told me at the time, who I consider my spiritual father, Bishop Weathers. He says, your family is your first ministry. Because I was so zealous. Like, I'm supposed to be in ministry. I'm supposed Mm -hmm. to be doing all this for the Lord. And he was like, your family is your first ministry. So you're trying to, like, go to the nation. But you got a nation right here. And lo and behold, what he said is manifested right. because you all are the nation. <laughs> right. Yes. You are the seed of that. Mm-hmm. And if I would have aborted taking that time, he, Gary mm-hmm. and I taking that time of investing in our first ministry, no telling what y'all be doing. Right. Yeah. Or where you all will be. Mm-hmm. And so his words of wisdom helped me calm down. It was like, okay, Lord, let me humble myself. I'm talking about I'm going to go to the nation's. And do all this stuff. And I'm not going to care for the nation that I have right here. This is my ministry. My children. Mm-hmm. And so I appreciate him for pulling me back from my zeal. Because I was really zealous. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do this for the Lord. Like well, This is for the Lord. Right. <laughs> yeah. right. And wow. I see the proof really of that. Good. I'm so thankful. Because I'm like, thank you, Lord. You mm-hmm. pulled me back. And guess what? He's not finished. All the stuff that I right. felt like I was going to do, he's doing He's doing it. Mm-hmm. And I'm at a more mature age where I can handle it, sustain yeah. it, really understand it. Which he, If he would have gave it to me at 26 when I had you, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have been able to carry that. Mm-hmm. So he knew what he was doing. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You think we would turn up like hoodlums? <laughs> yeah. Y'all would probably would have been making it rain. <laughs> Not there broke. Oh my goodness. All right. So what what about you? (laughs) (laughs) So where 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 do you come from with that experience, your own thought process, and everything else? I think I can piggyback and echo what she um said in that um we raised you all based upon one definitely our experiences in terms of what we felt like that we lacked as coming up as kids, because I can remember my dad, I can remember my parents being married, but I can remember as maybe as early as around the, maybe around the fourth grade, I can remember my dad not being in the house. So I I just remember him being gone. He wasn't like this absentee dad, but he was just no longer living in the house with us. So I I can just remember how that transition took place and how that, how that impacted even our siblings uh, in different ways. So I think pulling from that experience, making sure that you all got the individual male teaching and influence. And it's not that I didn't get it. I didn't see it. Does that make sense? It's not that I didn't get the instruction, but it's one thing receiving the instruction and actually see it in action and being demonstrated. You all had the opportunity to wake up and see me get up, go to work Mm -hmm. or, you know, how I keep the house. 
how I'm, I run my household, how I treat my wife, how I treated you all, how I treated other people. I only got to see that in part at a young age, but I was always being instructed. So it wasn't like this, you know, totally separated situation to where we didn't get to spend time together. And I always tell, you know, April, uh, sometime when we've talked about it, it was weird because he lived two blocks away after they got divorced. It was like the I weirdest thing. So the last time we was there. I yeah. used to be able to just walk around, just walk two blocks away and go <laughs> hang out with him. So it was just like strange. Um, but I wanted to make sure that you all had that access. Not that I didn't have access, but waking up and having access. Yeah. Right. So because it was a lot of things that I got into all because my dad wasn't in my household. Mm-hmm. Because there's some things I wouldn't have even attempted to do. Right. But I, I pushed my mom, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was at one, I was, yeah. I was sneak, you know, sneaking out yeah, windows. Nah, the story he told about, <laughs> uh, <laughs> dog. No, no. What dog? Uh, the dog. He, yeah. he done wrote the check. When he wrote, oh, he stole yeah, his yeah, mom's check. Fun. Tell him about that. y'all funny. So we recently oh, just went back. You didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't know. We recently just went back to my dad's hometown. We went around, you know, his old stomping yards where he grew up and he's given us all these stories and it's just ridiculous. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> it's insane. What did you do? Why did you? All right. So what did you do with the dog? So, <laughs> oh, really funny. So, I I saw this dog, this this these huskies, and and mind you, we lived in the projects at the time. <laughs> so I saw I it was uh from the projects from where we lived at, um. He was about maybe about four or five blocks away right. from where we stayed. So I remember, you know, coming, you know, getting off the bus, coming from home uh, on the way home. And I would, you know, see these Huskies. And I, I was always a dog lover. And I was like, man, you know. So I just went and talked to him. I said, man, how much? How much are those? And he said, well, you know, they're $150. I was like, man, okay. <laughs> you know, man, that's, that's pretty, you know. <laughs> so I went and I got one of my mom's checks out of her checkbook. And I made it payable to him. I found out what his name was. I made it payable to him. And I took it over and I bought the dog. <laughs> and I brought it back. And my mom's like, where you got this dog? Oh, this guy, he he gave it to us. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but I didn't understand the banking system at that time, right? Yeah. So all of a sudden, like a few weeks later, maybe about a month, month, she comes in and I hear her talking to somebody on the phone saying, girl, somebody done got into my checkbook and stole my check. She's talking to somebody on the phone. So she finds out who the check was written to and she goes and she talks to the guy. And she says, no, a kid brought a check down here and he bought the dog. Oh, my goodness. Man. Yeah, yeah. No, but the... Like the I didn't know. I didn't know the check was going. I didn't understand how the checking no, system no, works. No, 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 no. The craziest part is he tells us that story. We're driving down the street to another neighborhood, and he yells about, "Yeah, this guy stole the dog. <laughs> Somebody stole the dog. Somebody stole my dog later. <laughs> later on, after we moved from the projects <laughs> and got our house, somebody stole my dog. Yeah, That's funny. and I knew who stole it. 
And he swore up and down. I said, dude, that's my dog. Cause my, <laughs> yeah, because he had a piece of his ear bit off. I know my dog. But yeah, anyway. Yeah, he got me. Yeah. Oh, but yeah. to your point, I mean, just certain mischievous things that yeah. you wouldn't It's stuff try. I, I wouldn't if have dad, gotten away up. Yeah, if your dad was in the yeah. house, you wouldn't have tried that. Oh, yeah, it, w- it wouldn't have happened. Yeah. yeah. Well, I never would. We never would have been in the projects. Mm. Yeah, I mean, you know what I'm saying? That was that. That was just a trickle-down effect mm-hmm. of the, the divorce because he was the breadwinner. So when they split up while he did pay child support, then she had to make accommodation like, okay, where are we going to live? Because we no longer can keep, can keep the house. So that was you know our next stop for about five years Yeah, uh, that, we was at, that we were there, maybe four. Yeah, but I had fun though. I I didn't have like the bad project stories you be hearing about today. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 I mean, it was some of the fun times. I saw some drama. Don't get me wrong. I did. I saw a whole lot of stuff, but I still had fun though. Yeah. It's probably because that dirt was in me. <laughs> oh man. Do you think that also fueled? Because um, one thing I can say about Daddy is he's like a true provider. Like that's his heartbeat. He always wanted to surprise me. Like, even our first home, I had no clue. Right. I didn't go to the closing. I didn't man. view the house. He just came home and said, you know, I bought us a house. That's what I do, man. You know? And I was it's like, what? You know? Yeah. It's like, we move and pack your stuff. I got you. And he drove yeah. me to see it and all that. But he loves doing stuff like that. No. Just to get it done and mm-hmm. to make sure his family's taken care of. And it was a beautiful home. It wasn't shabby. No, it, it was nice. Yeah. And so. We just yeah, couldn't maintain that, that bad boy because uh, I think I ended up getting sick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, life. Yeah, really. yeah this, just life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so of course, we was I up was in there for home. a number of years. Yeah. yeah. That's when y'all was real. You know, real y'all, right. y'all didn't hardly remember it because that was at home I saw that I was like, man, we'd probably be there for a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Good memories there, cause some of those Man, photos yeah. that you all see, like when you're yeah. on the porch, yeah, Darren's exactly. in the back in the, the bucket. bucket. Yeah, yeah. I know they yeah. on their little cars. Yeah. I mean, it was just like fun things yeah. that we experienced there. But you all remember some of them, like yeah. the neighbors, mm-hmm. the little guy, and Travis. Tra- yeah, yeah, he's um, over peeing in the backyard. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. My boy, <laughs> you gonna get over? <laughs> But no, I, I think uh, to your point, I, I think that drives me a lot in terms of how I want to operate like with my own family. But I think it it's important because you really y'all always used to tell us this because you were very adamant about us traveling and getting out of the city and having a lot more experiences yes, because exposure. you only know what you've been exposed to. Mm-hmm. And so to your point of like being able to see you in action in terms of like how you handle the household, how you treat mama and take care of us you know that's my that's kind of my only model of my standard of how i feel and Mm -hmm. know things should be and so you know obviously for me that plays to my benefit in terms of like yo this is now how i'm operating and how i've lived my life i don't know how you've processed all that no i i agree i agree i think you can to a certain extent you can only um like you model what you've seen it's like if that's Mm -hmm. if that's all you've seen Mm -hmm. that's like kind of all you have in your reservoir and you act from that so yeah for sure, I, I agree. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so I think one thing I like ahead. too about our house and our family as a whole, uh, and I think we established it. You probably established it as being the head of the house and just setting the tone mm-hmm. for the house. We don't yell. Somebody came and visited us recently and was like, "You house house is quiet and peaceful." 
Yeah. Like that's all we know. Right. You know, it's not strange to us because it's all we know. Like we don't fuss and cuss and yell and. We've never I mean, we just, just never, never did that, yeah, and so even in our disagreements, we we just never yeah, never just, raised our voice. Yeah, for like whatever that. reason, it's just we just didn't do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, whether it was out of respect or just not even wanting to approach conflict like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, we had disagreements, but right. it was never like this Shouting, hostile, yeah. volatile right. type of encounter. And so, I thank you all. Back to your point, that's what made me think about it because mm-hmm. you said just seeing what you have modeled before you like you all don't even like yell and i've noticed even down to ayana like when it's drama like you all like i'm good because you're not used to drama you know i think if people are used to drama they're drawn to it Mm -hmm. or it's normal Mm -hmm. you all like i'm good it's too much time i'm with like any and i don't not because everyone has their moments any other family but Mm -hmm. when i'm in someone else's environment their home and whatnot and that does happen it's so i just i'm like paralyzed i'm just kind of like okay because i'm just so mm-hmm. i'm so unfamiliar with it like mm-hmm. i don't sometimes i don't even understand like why is this the you know what i mean yeah. but everyone has yeah. their own norm but to your yeah. point i think you know i think you used to say that because of how you were raised you said you wouldn't like raise your voice and i was like yeah like that's been pretty much our entire life For i've sure. never mm-hmm. really i've only got yelled at like i mean a few times but there was, was one time in particular. It was probably warranted. Huh? It was probably no, warranted. No, I mean, it was. You remember whenever I, I, I crashed the car? I got yelled at. It was, it was. Yeah. <laughs> well, I didn't, it, I didn't crash it. You did what? It was a dent. The, the, uh, you remember when I put, <laughs> put a, a dent, dent in the Mercedes? Yes. Oh, yeah, I forgot yeah, about that. He was hot. Uh, yeah. That was a Mercedes, though. I would have been hot, too. I think when I just asked you to put it in park or something, and you didn't put it in park, and it rolled back into the floor. I think I put it in neutral. Yeah, you put it in neutral. And I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to do. It's going down the hill. You were in the car? Yeah, he was in it. Yo, you remember? No, he was in the car. If he was in the car, I would have been hot. Why'd you hit the brakes? Why'd you hit the brakes? Was I even driving at that point? I don't know. I remember. He probably yeah. just had his permit. No, uh, I, yeah, I forgot what it was. <laughs> and yeah, that's the only that, time I yeah, can that, really that remember. Wasn't good. I do remember the dent though, and I think I remember y'all yeah. telling me that, but I, I wasn't there. I, yeah. I wasn't there for that. I didn't see that. Mm-hmm. But that's funny. Yeah, I, it wasn't funny at the time. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right, so because yeah. I, I, I've never really asked either of y'all, but um, you know to what i mentioned since i really haven't had to um i think sometimes not that you start off your adulthood let's say at a disadvantage but you're kind of coming into adulthood with a lot of weight if that makes sense you know what i mean like i in terms of like what happened in your childhood it's like oh you're trying to like strive for the future we're also trying to like meddle through everything that happened to your past right like Hmm. I've kind of had that opportunity to really like step into it without all those like, you know, like mental blocks sometimes and those like triggers or whatever it is. Like, am I like, you kind of speak to this more since you probably handle a lot of people that go through it, but like you, for you, like how did you kind of handle or like heal from like all your childhood trauma or what you experienced? Mm -hmm. I think, um, honestly at 20, so my testimony is at 20, uh, it was my, I had went away to college and um, went to a church in the school, like the city that the school was in. And honestly, I had a personal encounter with God that literally changed my life. Literally. So I always say like, people can't make me doubt him. 
period, because I don't have it through someone else's encounter or their testimony. Like I had my own personal encounter with God. And literally, I know it's a cliche for some people, but literally the things that I used to do, I did not want to do anymore. And some of the blockages that I had, God, it wasn't me, like God healed me. God healed me to love my father, which Gary knows my background time wouldn't permit for me to share that, but to love my father after I got saved and to want to have a relationship with him despite not having a relationship all my life. And this is 20, mm-hmm. I guess I even 20. Mm-hmm. So at 20, like loving this person, despite the trauma that would have held me up more in my young adult years, right. um, the spirit of God just touched my heart and allowed me to break through from some of those things. Even the things that I'm, you know, alluded to that peradventure happened at homes that my mom had to have me stay at when I was younger. Those things that I saw and was exposed to. God, girl, I got you. Just healed. No resentment, no anger. It's just like he allowed me to have forgiveness and to move forward past those things to understand his true love for me, that his hand was always on me, that he had me. No matter what, all of those things that transpired in my college years while I was there and and, uh, going to that particular church just changed my life. Honestly, I can't even take any glory for it. I mean, it's God that did that for me. Of course, to sustain it, it took work. But my my seed of faith began that work. Mm -hmm. My seed of faith in him allowed him to be in me, through me, with me to walk through even when those things came up that I could see it from the lens of God mm-hmm. and not the lens of my humanity, mm-hmm. which would have took me probably in a low right. or would have stagnated me. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I think that is honestly the truth. I mean, some people might look for some other answer. I don't like, I'm kind of like the man that said, Jesus Christ have, you know, money have I none, but such as I have, I give to you. And it's mm-hmm. Jesus. Like mm-hmm. that's who helped me. Right through those things. So that's my answer. Sticking to it. (laughs) So what do you, what do you think about uh, someone sent in a question a while ago? Cause I was asking like what they want to cover on the podcast. I thought it was interesting. Like, what do you think about um, like self-help and how that relates to our faith, if necessary, applicable Mm -hmm. at all? the balance of that yeah now that you say that because you know sometimes it's uh people think it's like an either or with like whether that be like counseling or anything else Mm -hmm. right but like you know obviously if the base is to your point like our faith and like jesus i mean i think that's a good foundation to have and what it should be yeah but i was just wondering i'm curious actually yeah i think you said the key word is balance (laughs) you know because people live in those extremes so some people live in the extreme of like you know, as long as I have King Jesus, I don't need nobody else. I don't need nothing else. It's just me and Jesus. Right. And that's an extreme. And then you have the other extreme that's like, well, I'm good. He put it all in my hands to do it. I'm supposed to just do it. Well, it's really a merger of the two. Mm-hmm. That's why the Bible talks about faith and works. So those self-help things are needful in combination with the fact that he's my base and my foundation. I'm not making this mindfulness exercise my god 
right? I'm going to use the mindfulness exercise as a self-help tool to get me centered, focus, all of that. But I understand that he is like my God. He's my savior. Um, and anything that goes contrary to like him, then that's when I know, mm, is this a good mix? This might be oil and water right here because this is not mixing well. But if it can balance out and allow you to bring application to your walk with God, absolutely. Yeah. You have to. Makes sense. Yeah. And then, Daddy, I'm not, I'm not skipping you. What's your question? <laughs> <laughs> the first one. Self-help. So I, I know you're talking about self-help. No, I was not, just caught up in her response. No, just, just about like, all right, everything that happened with you. Oh, like, how I healed. Yeah, like your father and everything. Because right. I mean, yeah. because it, especially like as a male, because I feel like growing up, you know, I, I wasn't ever you know, afraid to cry or mm -hmm. show my emotions and be like vulnerable. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I think that, and I think that's important, especially with just how I know a lot of my friends even operated. And just in terms of like, a lot of our pain was just joke. You know how guys are in the locker room yeah. and talk. You know what I mean? I, I talk about it all the time. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Well, I can mention it. But, you know, growing up, I was the only one who had a father in my life. And even younger, I could kind of like see it, like how it hurt them, like even in mm. middle school, because we would joke around about it. I'm like, you know what I mean? Like, what, like what's going on? Like, what's mm. really there? I'm getting older. I'm understanding, oh, this is what that is, right? And I could even see when I was in high school around the same guys in the locker room talking about, oh, yeah, like my daddy's in jail, like whatever it is, you know, it's just like that subtle cry for help. And it's mm. just like, oh, we don't really want to sit here and process it. Like, nah, man, like this actually is... Right. I, I'm dealing, going through, et cetera. So I was wondering about you because, you know, every time, because I mean, you built your first house at like 23, 24, and it's something crazy yeah. like that. You know, you decided to like forego college and like go the paralegal route and had an immense amount of success, still are. And so, you know, I know you've been able to be, still achieve at a high level. Mm -hmm. So I would imagine that, you know, there was a lot that you still like decided to like, you know, not allowed to weigh you down or take with you when you were doing all of that. Mm -hmm. I think that I probably, for one, I, I, I probably healed organically and I will explain that. But I believe with me, I did what normal men do initially. You just kind of keep going. It's not that you don't know that it didn't take place. I think um, as a man, something that I understood that one, I couldn't change my past. And two, I didn't men. And this is just my philosophy. We don't have the always have the, <coughs> excuse me, the flexibility and the downtime to just go and lay around and, you know, woe is me. That's not, you know, we just don't always have that you know, that luxury to do that. And I'm not saying that w women, you know, do, but I'm just as, as a man in our role, especially with me coming up, even at that time, whatever was going on, I just kept going over it in a lot of ways. Um, I didn't hold grudges uh, toward anything uh, regarding my parents and, and them splitting. I've never uh, resented uh, them for for splitting i've never been mad at my dad because even though my dad was um they were divorced my dad has always been uh intricately involved 
uh, in my life. I've always had access to him. So even in that split, he would come get us on weekends. We would stay with him during the summer. So I didn't have an absentee dad. So I still very much had that influence. But in those situations, in those seasons of not having him accessible, you know, as it should be, as God designed it, I didn't hold um, any grudges. And I think that was part of my healing in terms of things that I experienced. I didn't, you know, I I wasn't hating on him um, because he was still there. Now, if he wasn't there at all, like he was just gone and never around, I think it would have been a different story. But um, to kind of hone that in, I think it kind of organically happened over time. But initially how I maybe didn't just ponder on it because I knew that I had to keep going, you know, so I think it just kind of happened over time. Any type of pain or any type of lack that over time through bad choices and even experiences, uh, because one thing that I identified with and understood even in stuff to where I can say, well, if my dad was here, I wouldn't have done that. I still understood the difference between right and wrong. And that's a hard pill to swallow when you make a poor choice as a child. You know, especially when you know that it was wrong. You're not prepared for those consequences. And that's that's the thing about life. It doesn't care who you are. That poor choice has a price that comes along with it. So I couldn't I wasn't one of those individuals that said, oh, I wouldn't have been in this situation if my dad wasn't there. I still understood the choice that I was making. I just didn't expect the consequences to come along with it, or I didn't expect to get caught. I thought I was going to get away with whatever it was, or I didn't. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I can check. <laughs> you thought I was just going to go through. Right. Yeah, yeah. So I think for me that that healing process um, just kind of happened, and I'm sure divinely God was intricately involved. Um but I probably suppressed it for a period of time, just understanding that I just needed to keep going. But that's what I take from you though. A lot. Cause like, I think that I don't know. I feel like I'm like a mix of both of you all, like in terms of just how you are wired. I don't know who you identify with more, but we'll get to that. I think taking like accountability is huge. And I don't know, maybe it was because the example that you set, but that's how I've always been wired. And I think y'all saw it really often and i've been able to process it a bit more and understand it but even when i was younger playing basketball and i would like shut down Mm -hmm. it was because like you know i understood you know i wasn't processing the right way but like all right like i wasn't putting it on anyone else and it was like a huge weight like no like that was on me and i've Mm -hmm. always been that way like even like all right in my mistakes like where i fell or messed up like whatever it is like okay yeah yeah i didn't know right or wrong or what's put in this scenario whatever but irrespective of that you know i need to be able to sit with what the price of this is and like continue to keep going mm-hmm. and i think i think that's also a part of the healing too and can be important just yeah. having a real perspective of just your own self-awareness and then also toward the future too i think a lot of times like that's how i've got out of my stuff it's like mm-hmm. i know there's so much more for me mm-hmm. and yeah. so i can't really stay here even right. when i really that's the want thing. to yeah. and i get i said I, yeah. so when you said that i feel like i get yeah. that from you it's like there's so much more ahead that although my humanity is trying to pull me to like keep recycling yeah. this moment or this memory right. it's like mm-hmm. in um comparison to like what's next it's just like 
you know, Absolutely. you kind of got to let it go. And that keeps you moving, though. Yeah. And that's sometimes where people get um, lost. It's like they just kind of stop. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. sometimes the best thing you can do in different scenarios is yeah. like, yo, just keep taking the step. Yeah. Keep showing up. Yeah. And, you know, I, in time, up. you know. And yeah. a lot of people see that as insensitive. They're like, yeah. oh, you don't care. I do care. I yeah. just don't have time to stop. I'm, you understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I mean, if you stopped, I'm sorry that you stopped. I'm sorry I did that. I apologize. Please forgive me. You know, and we can keep talking about it, but I'm not going to stay there because I can't. Because life is going to keep going on. The days are going to keep coming. The seasons are going to keep going. The years are going to keep passing. Mm -hmm. How long am I going to sit here in what I did? I got to keep moving. Mm. You can you can only really start that process when you like identify your role in it, or even just like whatever the situation was. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's interesting we're unpacking all this. I never thought about it deeply, but I'm looking at it. I think I've I've always had that same mentality. It's like. Sometimes you got to like process what you're walking through while you're still walking. Yeah. yeah. And it That's might good. be a slower walk than before. Uh-huh. It might not be the same speed, but right, you just got to put one step in front of the other. And yeah. like, sometimes that's just what it looks like. I've always had a, it's been a balance. Like we're talking about, it's always been like a, it is what it is. Like it happened. I can't change it. It's like, it is what it is in that sense. And also, you know, realizing that, but also balancing, I do need to make sure I'm processing it the right way. Right. So kind of like it is what it is. Keep moving, but making sure I'm still dealing with this the, the mm-hmm. correct way. And I think I kind of I get that from both of y'all. I, I get I get both sides of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. And I think um, Pastor Josh said it once and it didn't really make sense until I guess, you know, you move into adulthood. But he was talking about when it comes to ministry, you have to learn to like keep walking and not bleed on people who didn't cut you. Mm. you know what i mean and oh, i that's good. and i was i really sat with that it resonated with me and of course when i when i was younger i was like you know it didn't really hit because i always would wonder you know pastors and people who get up on sunday like they deal with life too you know they could have right. went through hell that past week and it's mm-hmm. just like all right like it's sunday service is about to start right. <laughs> and you still need to show up yeah and i was like hmm but yeah. I, I think that's a um what we're talking about, that's a skill to be able to keep walking and process yeah. well. Yeah. Um, sometimes, you know, it's necessary to like, you maybe you need to sit down for a while, but you know, not to stay there. Mm-hmm. So that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But so y'all did a lot of time in ministry and we just talked about how um, your family is your first ministry. And I think that's important. And sometimes people miss that and don't think that it is a function of, even how God wants to use us or where the spirit can move in our life or whatever the case may be. I don't think it's always as highlighted. You know, I think a lot of people in general, even myself, like, you know, coming into my faith, you know, the aspiration of being on the stage, having the mic, having the more public facing role in the church or whatever is more appealing than understanding like, yo, you have an assignment, like right where you're at type of thing. And so do you think like, in the time that y'all have spent in the church, all the examples you've seen, what you've learned, you know, what do you think people get wrong or about ministry or y'all's lessons in terms of just anything in between? Well, I think in some cases that foundation piece gets lost, that it is family first. Right. I mean, if we go back and look through how in the garden we started with Adam 
He said it wasn't good for him to be alone. Eve comes along. Then our first family is structured off of them. Yeah. And that's the baseline. Like strong communities are from strong families. Right. And right. Strong cities are from strong communities mm-hmm. that house those strong families. Right. So we can look right now. You can turn on the news and see the breakdown. Right. Of family. Yeah. Because now is. everybody wants to be mega. Right. And we want to go here and there. And you can't even be nice to your own family. So Mm -hmm. to your point about how daddy was like, I never want the siblings to fight. How do we let you all in good effort behind if it was behind the scenes? But we don't have to hide this because you all don't do this. But if you all were fighting, bickering with each other, don't have like each other. And now you going and speaking to the world. Talking about you got to love your neighbor. You better go forth and do what God's telling you to do. I don't know if I can honestly sit here right. on y'all podcast no, for real because I would be like, they hypocrite. Right. No, like, no, I know they're my kids. That's true. But I ain't going to be on their podcast because they hypocrites. Yeah. Because I know the real deal. They talking to the nations, but they don't even love their own family, their own siblings that they see every day. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the Bible's true. It says, listen, how can you love a God you have not seen? But you can't love the person right in front of you. Amen. It just does not make sense. So mm-hmm. I think sometimes people, as the great Deacon Henry would say, I know. have oh, put yeah. the cart before the heart horse. Now, the horse is supposed to pull the, the cart on the buggy. But some people are putting that cart in front and saying, go be mega in ministry. Be all that God wants you to be. But you don't honor your parents. Right. And that's that's one yeah. of the first little principles, right? right? We know we don't live by the law, but that's just a principle mm-hmm. of just good godly character. Yeah. Honor your parents, you know what I'm saying? Treat your neighbor as your love your neighbor as yourself when your neighbor's your brother, or your sister that literally lives in the same house right. as you and yeah. their room is next to yours. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you don't talk to them. But yeah. yo, you can go to the nations though, but you can talk to everybody else. Mm-hmm. That's just hypocritical. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. So I think that's where we get it wrong sometimes. And and unfortunately, ministries kind of maybe subconsciously promote that and not pull people back to say, hold up, hold up, yeah. hold up. Let's get back to the basics, because if we stay with the foundation, when we do elevate to expand our influence, it's stable. Mm. Because your foundation was stable. Mm-hmm. You did what you had to do with the people that were in your first sphere of influence. Yeah. Not that you can change people, but it's just how you treating them in general versus other people that you don't know. These are these are people in your like immediate family. Right. You know? And that seems does to that be make sense? Yeah, it does. Mm-hmm. And that seems to be a reoccurring not necessarily issue, but like sentiment with a lot of people. You know, like the pastor that wasn't really present that mm-hmm. took all the speaking engagements that did three yeah. services a week Absolutely. plus Wednesday and Saturday. Right. Absolutely. Right. And I'll give you a good example yeah. because you know this is something I do as a profession and of course exposing no confidentiality of anybody but just generally speaking that I work with people who have church, like church hurt is real and these are people who have had parents in ministry and that's what we didn't want. Right. That we're in ministry we helping all these people and our kids are like, I hate the church because my mama was never home or all we did was spend Monday, Wednesday, Friday, then Saturday morning prayer and Bible school at night, all that. But they never took me on a vacation. Mm-hmm. 
I saw them teaching the little kids in Sunday school and telling them how much God loves them. And my parents never told me they love me. Like, this is real. Like, people are dealing yeah. with this. Yeah. And their parent was in ministry. And like I said, it's probably subconscious, like, and not intentional. Once again, you get caught up in the pie in the sky right. and you forget the mm -hmm. basics. Like, you have broken teenagers like that. I see on a weekly basis and their parent is in ministry. Mm -hmm. And they're trying to get the next milestone. They're building the next uh, uh, fundraiser for the next building fund, right? And never took their kid out just for a dinner with them one-on-one. -on -one. That's put ministry before your first ministry, which is your home. Yes. Like we missed, the, we missed the mark with that. Right. Like we, we have to like get that in balance. You know, it's not this or that. It's this and that. Right. Like both. Right. Of them. You know, Paul speaks on that. This is the, the attributes of a leader, a bishop, right. a pastor. And one of those top things is hospitality of your home. Mm -hmm. That you care for your home. And then you should be able to do that for ministry as a whole. But I think we're, we're getting out of the alignment with that. And that is honestly hurting people. It's not fair. No, yeah, I just heard someone, her name's Jackie Hill Perry. She said a lot of people will just like do things in the name of God, like with a spirit of greed, though. You know, like they just are just looking for more, it's driven by ego or their pride. But, you know, it's for God. It's advancing the kingdom. It's building the church. And right. it may actually be doing those things, which is the deceptive part that a lot of people may not see on the outside, but you know, what's happening in their own heart is just a lot of those other things where, you know, you put, you know, the car before the horse and then it all just kind of falls down. You know, what's interesting about that is when people say that, that they're building that for God, if they're building it for God, why does it look like what everybody else is doing? You know what I'm saying? When they say, oh, I'm, you know, I want to get this ministry and that ministry. Why does it look like everybody else's? So God is making everybody's in ministry look the same because you are implementing what's already done what somebody's already done. So God is no longer creative. You know what I mean, you know what I'm saying you trying to do mega and calling yourself mega because that is a term that's going on in our westernized culture and society. And you saying that that's what God called you to do. Uh, but why does it look like? Everybody else's ministry. Why, when somebody quote unquote begins in ministry, they get a mic and they get a <laughs> they get a pulpit and they're up, etc. And they got the cheers out, all that type of thing. Why does all of it look the same if it's mm -hmm. of God? Just just my thought. He ain't doing nothing new. You know what I'm saying? He he's not creative. Mm -hmm. You know. So yeah. So I think we're duplicating. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So. What um thing what was I thinking about? Oh yeah, so what so okay, so like what else in terms of if y'all if y'all can even think of it off the top of your head, because you know, I think I was able to see it a bit more when we were at, you know, some of our like previous churches and whatnot, because I was older, being able to see our work in ministry to some degree. But what's you know, one thing that you all like have been able to learn and like have matured in because I remember whenever you were younger, you know, one thing I think maybe you maybe would have changed is you would have been more like active outside of just the church in terms of being involved in other extracurriculars and your passions mm -hmm. and, you know, not sacrificing that 
for the church realizing that it can be actually it's supposed to be used for the body of Christ and whatever else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think uh I've grown and the growth is perpetual. It doesn't just stop. So sometimes people think that it's just um right. You know, something that just sustains, you know, I've been saved since I was 18 and now they're 40. There's there's a progression in this thing. There's constant growth. And when you stop allowing yourself to grow, you don't fully see God in what he's trying to reveal to you mm-hmm. in whatever seasons in your life. But I think for me that I've I've grown to recognize that when we talk about kingdom work and advancing what God is doing, that it's not just at the church. It's more. It's it's. It's our daily life like that is ministry who we're encountering when we see someone at the grocery store. Are you popping off? Right. Because it took a little longer. Mm-hmm. They, they, you know, accidentally bagged your bread with the, you know, and then mm-hmm. make you mad. And then you, you know, don't. one thing about saying sometimes and we, we've we said this going out. Some people, <laughs> some church people, you don't want to go out to dinner with. Yeah. Because <laughs> they mean to the waiters and waitresses. Yeah. Like, really? Yeah. Like you, and it'll be after Sunday service right. and go to a restaurant and be mean to the server. Yeah. It's like, no, ministry is extended beyond just that service or your time at your particular ministry. And so I think I've grown with that. So even with business, my business is ministry. My business is expanding the kingdom of God and helping people mm-hmm. and being that hands being the ears for God, listening to people's voices, letting them know that they're heard. Um, so I think that growth has helped me a lot to see that it's not just when I work in ministry at my particular congregation that right. I'm a part of, that it extends beyond that mm-hmm. has been a real good health, healthy oh, growth good. perspective. What about you, daddy? Yeah. That he had a lot of positions. Do you remember when he was at, uh, that the head or something at uh, New Birth? I feel like, yeah, he's done a lot. He's had a lot of things. Yeah. yeah. That kind of <laughs> <Yeah>. official role. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that ministry, it's ongoing. It's every day that I wake up, it's making a decision to. It's ministry is on down to what I eat. Am I eating healthy? I mean, you understand what I'm saying? I mean, ministry is, is it's holistic. It's holistic. You know, and, and I look at it, it, it it's every day that I, I, I wake up, I, I make a decision to commit to a certain type of discipline for my life. That 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 is ministry. Uh, and that that's what I have evolved uh to learn. That it it really is not necessarily how we have defined what church is, because in the context when we talk about church, we always talk about the facility. But this is church mm. right here. It's it's the gathering. Um, but how it is beyond just what we have limited it to. I mean, we've limited ministry uh, based upon what culture has defined it. Yeah. Uh, but ministry is house to house. If you look in the book of Acts, when the churches were meeting, the ecclesia, the, the, you know, the believers, they went from house to house, sharing the gospel, you know, winning people. That wasn't all those, um, those miracles weren't being necessarily manifested in the synagogues and in facilities. They were out and as they went, 
signs, wonders, and miracles was being were, was being manifested. And I would submit that the reason that you don't see the manifestation in the capacity is because we're not going. We're coming to this facility and we're trying to get people to come to this place instead of going to the people. Mm-hmm. So I think so it's, it's evolving into that type of uh, place to where you understand that that is what it is instead of being caught up into the facility. And yes, it's good. And yes, it's nice to go mm-hmm. to. Uh, but why is it that the early church is manifesting more signs, wonders and miracles? And they didn't have the facilities that we have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yet they were manifesting the power. Yeah. 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 They were active. They were really going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They were. So, ooh, something good. Something good. So another growth process for me has been when I was younger, I would roll in like dancing, shouting. Yeah. In the service. You know, practicing my shout. Me and my friend Matisa, we be, you know, have a sh- show me a little step here and there, right? <laughs> we make sure we had it down. And so I think I was more in the emotion mm-hmm. of church. Now I love, I still today love a high service where you're able to dance and shout and express yourself. I think that's important because if I can go to a football game or a basketball game like I did today and cheer for a team, I should be able to go to my church. And cheer for Jesus Christ. And Daddy loved this little sweater. He's representing the corner. Yeah, we well, went to the game she, today. Yeah, we went to we see went the, the cars today. Yeah, go yeah, cars. Got go they cars they won today. I got Louisville on your shirt. I got Louisville okay, yeah. on my shirt. Represent. I had to wear L's up. So if I if I go to that game and cheer for them, yeah, and we up in our height defense. So why can't I go to church and that collective assembly? And be able to worship God and get excited and dance and jump up and down and all that stuff. So it has its place. But I think sometimes growth wise, if we're if we don't be careful, we're, we'll be caught up in the emotion of church, the emotion that comes with the moving of the spirit and not the go. Mm-hmm. When he said go. Yes. And so people go and even today, you know, maybe went to their particular assembly and had a great time and dance and shout it. But Monday morning, I think y'all had an episode on something like this. Like, what you going to do Monday mo- next day? Right. Like, what, what do we do Monday morning? Are we going to go? Or are we just stuck in that emotional high that we had? Yeah. And then we let it drop. No, you. we have to manifest the activation of what we just heard. The principle that was just planted, the seed. How do we make it grow? Right. That's important. I want, because I, I haven't been able to talk to you about this, but I think that's important. And this is what I will say I am appreciative when it comes to like 2020. It's because I think it made or forced the church to like go out in a sense. Right. I think that it, it disrupted the church mm-hmm. in a necessary way because it was too comfortable as an overall institution in the West, in my opinion. And so now you see churches who are more involved, whether that be in a more physical sense or even in a digital space with like wanting to outreach, yeah. doing lives, like mm-hmm. going to where the people are yes. at. I'm speaking more to my generation, yeah. right? 
And it's interesting because I always do think of the state of the church. And maybe I could be off, but I see a trend of this being what church is going to look like. And I think there are going to be people who are going to have to be okay with that. Mm-hmm. Spaces where yeah. there are young believers who are being mentored, disciplined by people who are older in the faith that are gathering regularly. They have accountability and they're growing in their faith. Then it's not a church building. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's going back to the whole like intimate, like house to house. That's where I feel is like the direction, at least in terms of like the shift, not saying there isn't a place for what we believe to be traditional church instead of going somewhere on a Sunday and there being worship and whatnot. But that's what I think. I most yeah. definitely agree. I think, because I've been thinking on that a lot about even just the end times. And I know the, the word talks about how there would be like extreme persecution of, of us who are image bearers of Christ and who are believers. And there will be a time where we're not going to be able to meet in public spaces and buildings, right? There's places in the world right now, China. That's right underground churches yeah. they're right. not allowed to gather in buildings and mm-hmm. although we're not seeing that now in the west there's going to come a time where it's going to be like that and we do have to be prepared to be okay with like you said yes. like this. Yes. So i think it's just yeah i, I mm-hmm. agree with that and i think it's just more of uh like you know i think people who have had this idea of what church needs to be or has to be they're going to have to just come to accept and help us usher in what it is now Absolutely. because i think yeah. our, our generation is responding to something different something different like yeah. And, yeah. and not that there was necessarily anything inherently wrong but you didn't see any innovation it was mm-hmm. just like an mm-hmm. industry that was you can think about um i don't know like only this comes to my mind because somebody's doing like a new chocolate bar right now and they're talking about how like they're just like there's been no innovation Hershey, it's been the same chocolate yeah, no new stuff. flavors yeah. no nothing new <laughs> yeah. you know what i mean like it's just that's what i felt like the church was like mm. up until 2020 yes. in my opinion it was just yeah, like yeah, yeah. okay like we just got complacent because we had we the influence earlier like you know the local communities were built around like the mm-hmm. church and then we kind of took this isolation this like position let the culture run rampant and just was kind of like, we'll just stay in our little part. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you. And I just want to say this. I'm proud of you all's generation. And I say, go, go, go. Like I truly this generation because I believe it's the kingdom's most wanted. I've, I've said that probably the last five years. I feel like an unction from the spirit. Just let me know. Like you all's generation is the kingdom's most wanted. And people who are kind of set in their ways and want it to be, like the same, they just might miss the shift. Mm-hmm. Does that mean that they're not saved or that they're not God's people? Mm-hmm. Absolutely not. We're not saying that. They just may miss the shift. And and if they do, it wasn't necessarily intended for them to usher it in. Right. So go, go, your generation, all the people that watch this podcast, that certain things connect with them in their spirit. They know that God is leading them. They're hearing the voice within the voice that God utilizes you all to speak at various times. Go. You have to. And and, and sometimes those shifts and change are uncomfortable. Because the people are the masses who have done it the same way for years and they're comfortable with that. Don't know how to shift, but you still got to go. Mm-hmm. Same. I think we've talked about this one time kind of at dinner or something, how Kirk Franklin was so innovative 
And the church was like, oh, my God, like, he's a hellion. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, the the right. staunch, you know, mm -hmm. ones who was in their mold was like, he's just this and that. Guess what? He had a people to touch. He broke through some barriers. His testimony is probably bigger than what we know of what he had to go through behind the scenes because he was bringing in a shift that, that the next generation had to bring in. Mm -hmm. And so encouragement to you all, it might be uncomfortable. And some people not going to understand it. You might have some old heads that are like, what they doing? They ain't saved. They're bringing it different. You better go with God. Go. Right. Go. The next generation after you all, depending on you all to do it. Mm -hmm. So even for myself personally, I know I'm not necessarily a part of your generation, but I can definitely be that push. And to your point, that wisdom from my generation who kind of probably just went with it. Right. You know, I talked to some of my friends and we, we sit and think like some stuff we was like, yo, this ain't right. Like we need to do something different. But for some reason in our generation, it wasn't <laughs> like this grand shift. It right. was a rumbling yeah. of the shift because right. we were not complacent with it. Like we knew something was like, something got to change like our appetites were starting to change you all are just radical like i'm just not accepting it <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. you know we were kind of like not wanting to but didn't want to disrupt you all are the disruptors go do what do what god's bringing in people catch on later because yeah. it'll be self-evident because to daddy's point the signs and wonders will follow the miracles will manifest right. and most importantly save uh, souls will be saved which is most important beyond any edifice that individuals' lives will be transformed. And that comes through y'all's generation. So I applaud you all, I push you all, I pray for you all, and you all the kingdoms most wanted, period. There you go. <laughs> Is there a way to drop this mic? <laughs> <laughs> nah, yeah. Well, um, yeah, we'll end it there. You got, any, you got anything else to, to add or to I say? Don't. I don't. All right. Well, I appreciate you all taking the time. Oh, I definitely, I needed to hear all of that. Yeah. Um, you know, my mom said they had a few flights they, you know, had to catch and, you know, <laughs> put us in the schedule. <laughs> nah, but yeah, I love y'all. Thank you for everything. Um, I think I'm gonna call this uh, FOE. I like that. Yeah. Family over everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's the one. 